Well, hello, and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies Partner Podcast, and I'm Cheryl Cook. And today I'm delighted to be joined again with John Rose, who is our Global Chief Technology Officer here at Dell. And in this podcast series, we've been exploring the themes of innovation. And today we're going to have a nice discussion around looking at the edge and how simplifying the edge can really help enable our customers to innovate, create, and generate more value. So welcome, John. I know you're a repeat guest. Thanks for joining. No, I'm glad to be here again. Yeah, absolutely. So I know in your capacity of CTO, you're looking across the business. But for our listeners, why don't you share a little bit of what's been keeping you super busy lately in the office of the CTO? We live in an interesting industry. Uh you know, and Dell touches a lot of aspects of it. So, but in the last probably six months, I mean, obviously generative AI and the AI boom that's beginning has been top of mind. But the important thing to think about with AI, at least in our context, is AI isn't a different domain, a different infrastructure. It's a class of workload. It sits on top of the infrastructures that we build or on the ones that we need to build. And so it has a profound impact on everything from our multi-cloud topologies, to how we do data protection, to how storage is instantiated, to how edges are formed, and even how we do security. And so that's been the central theme. And because of that, you know, I think the thing that's happened is customers are starting to realize that AI in a vacuum isn't actually all that interesting, but AI as a workload on modern multi-cloud infrastructure is. And so, yeah, we've been having the individual conversations, but the most interesting conversations are when people connect those dots that the new workload needs an evolved and more capable infrastructure to actually be successful. And so I think that's going to be the hallmark of the, probably the next five years of our lives, but uh, it's definitely been an active period. Oh, I know. And it's exciting. And like you said, you can barely have a discussion anymore without AI coming front and center. And one of the things I'd love to explore and get your thoughts on, you know, we've been doing this series around innovation and we have for some time been really discussing where data has gravity, right? Data is created at the edge. And this notion and idea of how to unlock value at that edge, you know, when you talk to customers and engage, what are the biggest trends, challenges, opportunities around the notion of taking your computing to the edge? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a number of things that we People have to work through to understand modern edge because we've been putting IT out in the real world in factories and hospitals, other places for a very long time, but it hasn't been the edge of the multi-cloud world. It's just been IT out in the real world. We drop a server in or an application on it. That's not the edge we're talking about. We're talking about this idea that your IT business and systems are going to run as pipelines. You know, data is going to flow from the point of creation to where it's processed, to where it's interpreted, to where it's monetized and back and forth. And so data and application pipelines are going to need to exist that connect to the compute resources, the various tools that we use to the data and the things that we can control. And so immediately that's a different kind of discussion when you start talking about, well, what part of that has to live out in the real world? What is the edge? And so, you know, first misconception or thing people have to realize is old edges were random IT out in the real world. That's fine. There's plenty of reasons to do that. Modern edges are the beginning or the end of a data pipeline for a multi-cloud environment. 
Now, that being said, the second thing people need to realize is we have not digitized the world fully yet. <laughs> we are still very early in actually creating sources of data and the ability to act on it in our factories and hospitals and other systems. We have a great early examples of what could be done as you highly automate a logistics infrastructure or a factory. But the vast majority of our critical infrastructures or manufacturing infrastructure or logistic infrastructures are barely intelligent right now. And so the second kind of takeaway most people get is, even if I don't have a lot of use cases today or yesterday, when I start to envision what I want to happen, all I see is that most of the data in the world is going to not only be created out in the real world by introducing sensing into manufacturing and transportation and even our houses, but the actions that are taken are also going to be out in the real world. And that kind of brings us back to this edge infrastructure is super important because if you don't have it, the only way to process that data is to move it over great distance back into data centers, decide what to do with it, and then send instructions back over great distance, which isn't just a latency and cost issue. It's a survivability issue because, hey, the internet isn't 100% available all the time and things aren't necessarily real time. So right off the bat, the conversation is about what is modern edge. The second is, well, what does it do? And it's there to really actually be the point of origin for processing that data that's going to happen as we digitize our world. And then the third discussion we have, which is incredibly important, is everybody needs to ask a question of what kind of edge do they want in the multi-cloud world? And it turns out there are two answers. They're both viable, but you have to pick one. The first is that you believe your edge will not be a singular thing. It will just be the extension of each of the clouds you use. In a multi-cloud world, you use multiple clouds. And there is a path called cloud extension where you just put a whole collection of appliances out there, one for Azure, one for Google, one for Amazon, one for IoT, one for everything else. And you know, if you only have a couple of clouds, maybe that'll work. We help customers do exactly that model if you want to do it that way. But then there's this other model that we've built with Dell Native Edge, which says, Maybe you ought to build Edge as a platform that all of your clouds can use. And that's what Dell Native Edge is. It says, we should be able to put out hardware and the underlying software to turn it into a capacity pool, independent of which clouds want to use it. And then we should orchestrate how those clouds push code and the elements that they need to run at the Edge onto that common platform. And the advantage there is instead of having n number of edges for n number of clouds, you have an edge platform that all your clouds can use. And from a security, operational, efficiency, cost perspective, that's just a better answer. The challenge is, you know, remember, most people haven't actually built modern edges. They're not exactly sure what they're going to digitize. And now we're asking them to pick which architecture. But I actually think that's a good thing because it allows you early to decide, fast forward out five years into the future, what do you want Edge to look like? Do you want it to look like the chaos that's the security market? Or do you want it to look like a well-formed orderly platform that all of your application developers and all of your clouds can use? To me, it's pretty obvious which one I want. It's just this question of, okay, we have to start your journey by deciding what your end state is. And, and you know, we can do it both ways and we think there are viable reasons to do both. But the bottom line is Dell Native Edge for the first time gives people a choice to actually make Edge a platform for the multi-cloud environment as opposed to a proliferation of fragmented edges, which is what will happen without such a platform. So anyway, lots of dialogues, but those are the big ones that we're, we're having right now. I love that, John. You always make the super complex easy to understand. So we love that about you. But, you know, we had Gil Snearson on our podcast not long ago, and he was talking about the Native Edge announcement and when we brought it to market. 
And one of the things we chatted about is the huge opportunity for the partner ecosystem. And that, honestly, when we look at unlocking the value of the data that these workloads were describing that are going to be deployed at the edge and ultimately can gain further insights with AI, that it's really going to be bringing together this myriad of partners to help our customers go do that. So talk a little bit from your perspective and thoughts on, one, the opportunity maybe for the partner community that might be tuning into the podcast, but even more broadly, when you talk about these multi-clouds, that's all part of a partner ecosystem, these partnerships that Dell enjoys with Amazon, Microsoft, Google, et cetera. What's your thoughts as it pertains to the partner opportunity, the dependency of bringing together multiple strengths in the ecosystem against the edge workloads? I see navigating edge properly with things like the Dell native edge architecture as like the ultimate win for everybody in the partner ecosystem. And let me walk you through. I mean, if you do a 360 analysis, first of all, nobody's built one of these before. We're kind of the first people to put together the technology in a way in which the edge infrastructure can be a platform for all of our cloud services and advanced software to run on. And so, yeah, it sounds like, well, that should be competitive to somebody, but yeah, to be perfectly honest, other people haven't built that yet. So we don't have a lot of direct competitors to that architecture. So then you surround it, you say, well, what about everybody else? You know, are they going to like it or not? Let me give you my talk track. The hyperscalers. Well, by the way, when we developed Dell Native Edge, it used to be called Project Frontier. We actually worked with several of them because most of their edge architectures are just software. Google Anthos, Azure Arc services, they just need containerized code to run. They don't actually need a dedicated edge platform that's a proprietary system because they're cloud-native modern software. And with the exception of maybe one of the hyperscalers and only one of their edges, all of the modern edges coming out of the cloud environment are just software, which means they're very compatible with this kind of edge architecture. More importantly, generally speaking, most hyperscalers don't really want to roll trucks and manage on-prem infrastructure. We do that really well. That's not their core competence. They do IT in a data center. We do IT in the real world. And so there's a nice synergistic relationship, which we're already finding about you know, on-prem data centers that should extend very nicely into edge. And most of their edge architectures are highly compatible with this kind of model. So tick, I think that one's pretty good. Then they go over to like the IoT world, because a lot of the early edges, pre-cloud edges, were all IoT for the most part. You know, is this going to disrupt them? And the answer is yes, but they're already seeing that disruption and working through it. They all realized a long time ago that proprietary code running on proprietary hardware was a bad idea. So they've all been on this journey. It doesn't matter which company you pick. They're all on a journey to modernize their software so that it really is containerized code, cloud native development being delivered through a CI/CD pipeline, which makes it incredibly compatible with this native edge environment, which again says, boy... Wouldn't it be nice if you're trying to deploy an HVAC control system into a building, if instead of you having to plumb the building with your own hardware and your own infrastructure to run your edge software, if there was already a Dell native edge environment there for some other purpose, you're just a workload. You can be added at the speed of software. And so suddenly you have access to pretty much any customer who's using Dell native edge architectures as those platforms are compatible with not just our code and not just the hyperscalers, but anybody who builds cloud native software and organizes it properly to be deployed on such a platform. So their addressable market becomes bigger. They have access to more customer footprint. 
And from a life cycle perspective, we, Dell, take over the life cycle, the infrastructure part of it, and they can focus on the software and the value-added capabilities they're creating. So I think that one's a win. You know, legacy IoT still has to be handled in legacy ways, but even there, we're seeing a migration towards these new architectures. And then lastly, it's what if it is an IoT? What if it's something else? What if it's AI at the edge that isn't coming from a cloud? Well, it turns out you know, these systems, if you saw our edge portfolio, the hardware that we launched, because Native Edge is a combination of Dell hardware platforms that come together under a software layer to make them into a capacity pool underneath the orchestration layer that allows you to decide what code to run where and to manage it through its lifecycle, three layers of it. Well, it turns out the hardware that we've been building, because we built modern edge platforms, are all optimized for things like AI. They have multiple accelerator slots in them. They are designed for edge inference. And so we think that from a hardware perspective, we're very compatible. And then when we look at modern AI programs, what you find is that's code that's being written now. And nobody writes that code using monolithic legacy code architectures. They do it in a cloud-native modern perspective. And so I've actually really struggled to find anybody who would have a, you know, a really bad reaction to this over the long term. The only issue that we face with our partner base is, hey, it's a brand new technology. Every one of our partners has an established roadmap and a way that they're dealing with edge. I would argue most of them aren't happy with it because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of proprietary technology. And so we have to have that kind of new discussion about if I gave you this new tool that allowed you to not have to worry about the capacity pool out in the real world, that would be a Dell thing that would present to you the ability to run whatever code you want in an orchestratable way. And whether you build it as a component in your own offering, you buy it and sell it yourself, or whether it's a platform through Apex or other services that you can tap into, would that be useful to you in your mission to automate buildings or transform healthcare? And the answer in almost every conversation is, yeah, that would make my life easier, which is a reason for us to be talking to each other. So, and at the end of the day, you know, edges by themselves do nothing. They only do something if someone runs something on them and uses it for a purpose. And our partner base is the vehicle to do that. <laughs> our partners develop the applications, our partners have the vertical expertise, and our partners in many cases are the ones interacting with our customers to execute their digital transformation. So this is a capability that I think benefits everybody. It has very few kind of adversaries and people who don't like it because it just makes life easier and more orderly, but it's new enough that we have to kind of start the dialogue again over time. Many roadmaps of many companies and many of our partners might have to adjust to really take advantage of this architecture, but the benefit of doing it is significant. You know, I don't know that I could have said it better myself, and you're always such a great advocate for the partners on the opportunity, but I love how this is a great expression of Dell innovating, right? You said it yourself, it didn't exist. We kind of leaned in and brought this standardized platform to bear. And I think it's going to offer a really consistent, leverageable way to operate, manage, orchestrate across all those environments you were describing, which is huge for our partners to be able to leverage that expertise. So one thing I'd love your thoughts on, as you said, AI is forefront in every conversation. And at the end of the day, you described it as it really is a workload, a use case. But it's dependent on data, right? At the end of the day, we deploy this really powerful, innovative technology against your data, and it learns and trains and inference and everything. If you look forward, you're a good visionary on the trends out over a couple of years. 
talk about how you would blend the two conversations. Like what is the possibility of AI, its ability to certainly learn and detect trends and patterns, but at the edge, like an edge use case with AI? It's a very, uh, I'll say complex relationship, but incredibly important one. So AI in general is a machine doing some kind of cognitive work. And in the case of the edges, sometimes it results in mechanical work, running a robot or building a product. But the idea is AI is always about shifting work between you know, a human effort and machines doing that work. And the difference today is a lot of that AI machine work can be quite sophisticated. It can create original content. It can do things that we've never really been able to do, especially with the new generative AI systems and large language models. And so we, we have just a very powerful tool at our disposal, but it turns out, you know, where we apply it is only as good as what we understand about that environment. And so in this case, if we can't gather data, I'll give you an example, you know, we have a lot of customers today that are already using our systems to do things like automate an inspection of assembly lines, you know, something's producing something and they're using cameras and computer vision to basically, and AI at the edge, to basically detect defects, to know something's going on. And that, you know, that's great. That works really well. But the reality is the next step in that journey is to actually correct the behavior that caused it, to send feedback to the manufacturing system or to use robotics to pick those things off the line. And all of those things, we have early examples of people doing it, but it represents a very closed loop environment. But the common thread is all the robots in the world, if they don't know which thing to pick or what thing is a defect, which is data, would be ineffectual. And so when we think about the edge, the first thing to realize is it's not the place where data will live long term. The data that's collected at the edge generally is processed, distilled, used at the edge, and then a summarization of it is sent upstream into the core to basically improve models or retrain them. And so there is a relationship between what happens in data centers and what happens at edges. But the one thing you don't want to have happen is all the data at the edge having to flow to a data center to be able to get an answer, which is just simply slow and very costly. So when we start thinking about our topologies, about what are we trying to automate, the first thing we have to be able to determine is, can we get data about it? Do we know what it is that we're going to automate? Can we analyze it? Where should we analyze it? In this case, if it's real time, it would be nice to be able to analyze it, act on it locally at the edge or in a disconnected state. On the other hand, we need to recognize that what we're learning at the edge, if we distill it properly, can be passed upstream and it can be used to create really much more advanced models that can be used across the entire ecosystem. You know, one of the things about a properly defined edge environment that people sometimes miss early on, but they discover very quickly is if you're doing edge in uh, something like healthcare, or manufacturing or industrial you are going to have a lot of edges and they're all going to be individuals. You're going to have edges in each of your factories around each of your control systems. And it's not unrealistic in like a retail setting to have a path forward in which you have 10,000 edge environments. And so imagine that environment where each of those edges were built independently and they were all an island. How on earth could you manage the data of all of the activity in those 10,000 sites distill that data, bring it back upstream, and then ultimately improve your models and push them back to 10,000 sites so that everybody gets smarter. That's a data management problem, but it's also an edge architecture problem because if you don't have something like the orchestration of a Dell Native Edge, you have to manage each of those boxes as a one-off. You know, One nice thing that we found as we started to build the orchestration layer is whatever I do anywhere, I can decide to do it 
three places, 10 places, or 10,000 places in terms of managing the same code, pushing the same code into production, managing the models. And so data and AI are inseparably linked. They're both at scale problems, but it turns out that the AI activity is something that occurs locally. You act on something locally, you learn about something locally, but your data, in fact, may be a strategic resource that as you gather it from 10,000 sites, if you can distill it and understand it from a central perspective, you may be able to build better models. And so we've always believed that the world is hybrid architectures, multi-cloud and hybrid, real world working with data centers and clouds. And this is a great example where your data management architecture needs to accommodate both the local collection and processing and acting on data, but the understanding that data is a strategic resource that when you can see it holistically, you can make bigger decisions. And then the beautiful thing about something like a Dell Native Edge is you can take the result of those decisions and automatically push them back into the real world and maybe 10,000 sites to change the behavior of your entire enterprise. And so that virtuous cycle of sensing, acting, learning, and then changing the behavior can be done at scale, which really is the epitome of kind of an AI data ecosystem working properly. Well, I tell you, that's super exciting. And again, I love the way we think about it. It's really what Dell does best, right? How do we help democratize, standardize, deploy at scale? And certainly this Dell Native Edge is a step forward in doing just that, right? Helping our customers and partners lean in to do that. So you've been a wealth of knowledge as always, and I've heard a few things. One, the world is still pretty complex and hasn't yet been automated. So there's still a lot of work to do to leverage a lot of these exciting capabilities. And Edge, I think, is another fabulous expression of let's meet our customers where they are, but do the work where it is, right? Where the data is created, which is at the edge. And a lot of opportunity and exciting opportunity ahead for our partners. I've looked at some of these really compelling workloads, and a lot of these are partner-centric motions, kind of by definition, right? When you talk about multi-cloud, and you get into the ISVs with their vertical expertise, et cetera. So a lot of opportunity on the forefront. So John, I know I've done this with you in the past and you're a repeat guest, but I'm gonna do it again. Usually I ask you to share a fun fact about yourself that we may not know, might not be on your resume, your colleagues may not know. So if you have a fun fact to share or what maybe would be the most exciting place you visited this summer? One that people may not realize, I mean, I, I think I shared last time that I lived in three continents before I was seven, but maybe an adjacent fun fact is one of the places I lived before I lived in the US full-time was Iran. And I was probably one of the last Americans as a kid to live in Iran before the revolution. We left about six months before it, it all kind of changed. Uh, and so, oh, wow. so uh, yeah, there aren't a lot of people who could say, at one point, my older passports had an Iranian stamp in it, which confused people. But uh, but yeah, I was, you know, the, one of the last last Westerners to live there, which... Uh, oh, oh, my. And the world's a claim to fame. Very yeah. much. <laughs> at least for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, John, we always value you taking the time to share with us. You always have really inspiring insights around all things new technology and deployment. So thanks again for all you do for Dell and taking the time on the podcast. Great to be here. Uh, glad to support our partners anytime. Well, John, thanks again for taking the time with us and joining our podcast. It's always exciting to talk with you. 
And we hope you're all enjoying the podcast. So please tune back in, give us your feedback, and be sure to join us in the next couple of weeks for our next episode of The Partner Connection. So until then, I hope everyone stays safe and be well. <music>